Bibles real quick. We're going to be in two different spots tonight. I know that's not how we normally do it, but this is the way this is going to be tonight. It's kind of like a two-parter in one night, and i got to get it all done. So I, I have to speak fast, so you have to listen fast. Say amen. you got to listen fast. we got to go real quick with this. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter number 6, Matthew chapter number 6, and then we're going to be in Philippians chapter number 4. We'll get to that at the latter part of this study. Uh, we're going to talk about a subject, probably is not going to interest none of y'all, but it's how to defeat worry. Does anybody know what it feels like to worry? Does anybody, does anybody know what it feels like to be in anxiety uh, uh, on a regular basis? Say amen. Uh, <laughs> we're going to, the reason this is two parts, the reason this is two parts, there's two different places in the Bible that really, really specifically says don't do it. When it comes to worry, when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to that type of thing, he says, don't do it. And he, and he tells us how to do that. I'm glad we have a God who doesn't just tell you to do something, he tells you how. Amen? And, and, but here's the thing. The, the, the differences in the two different places in Matthew chapter number 6 and in Philippians chapter number 4, Matthew chapter number 6 deals primarily with maintenance. In other words, what we can do every single day of our lives to keep us from living in a state of worry. Are y'all with me? Say amen. In other words, just the daily things that we do, what we need to do every day, it's maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. But, but there are times when we can do those things, but there are times when we will face a crisis. We will face a storm. We will face a tragedy. We will face something that blindsides us and, all right, what do we do then? What do we do then? So that's the second part, okay? We're going to talk about in the first part, what do we do every day? What do we do every day to live in peace every day? But then the second part is, what do we do when we face a crisis? What do we do when we face something that, you know, comes our way, we wasn't expecting it, boom, it's a real serious issue and that type of thing. If you're ready to study, say amen. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 19. Matthew 6 verse 19. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's good to be back in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right, here we go. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your, your heart be also. Look in verse number 24. Verse 24. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought. There it is. There it is. The word thought there means anxious, means worry. He's saying, don't worry about what I'm fixing to tell you. Don't, don't, don't sit in a state of, of dismay or, or discouragement. He says, don't worry. Take no thought. Take no thought uh, for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Basically, everything he just said is our daily necessities. Are y'all with me? Our daily necessities. He said, don't worry about that. When it comes to what you need in life, don't worry about it. Behold, the fowls of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap. In other words, when you see that word behold, he's saying, look. Look, open your eyes, look around you. Look at, the, look at the birds. Behold, the fowls of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? In other words, he's saying, aren't you more valuable to your heavenly Father than the bird in the tree? Are y'all with me? Now, and why take ye thought for raiment? Why are you worrying about raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, here he says it again, take no thought, don't worry, don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewith all shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. Now, now, when he's in reference to here, he's talking about 
sinners. He's talking about people that are not of the covenant. He's talking about people that don't know God and don't have a relationship with God. They are focused constantly, completely on these things. Their whole desire, it's, 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 it's a, uh, uh, an intense craving, he says. He says, don't worry about this stuff. This is what they're killing each other to get. Then he says this, For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things, but, but, seek ye first, say that with me, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, say amen, amen. all these things shall be added unto you. Yes. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day, is the evil thereof. In other words, don't worry about tomorrow. You got enough to deal with today. Y'all, anyway, let's hurry. Let's hurry. We've got to. All right. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings, your mercy, your kindness. Thank you for this truth that we've studied today that's going to help us and be a blessing to us. I pray that you'll meet every need in this building. Help everyone in this building know that you are in control. Lord, that you can be trusted. You can be dependent on. You will meet our needs. You will take care of us. You will protect. You will provide. Thank you so much for all the promises of your word, Lord, that pertain to us as your children. I pray that you'll meet our needs. Encourage, give peace. Lord, I pray that you'll give a calmness of spirit to everyone that came into this building worrying about something tonight. God, bless those that are watching on the internet right now. Touch their minds, touch their hearts. God, speak to them. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Daily maintenance. Daily maintenance. Jesus is encouraging his children. Jesus is encouraging and he's teaching about what life is all about and what life is not about. And he's saying, listen, there's some things y'all don't need to be worried about. Take no thought. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. If we take those words and just do a little, a little word study, the word thought is translated anxious in Matthew 6, 25. It's the same word that's used in Philippians chapter 4 when he says, be careful for nothing. Same word. And basically he's saying, don't worry. Don't worry. Now, it means literally to be torn apart. If you're describing the word, it means to be torn or pulled into pieces, pulled into opposite directions. Our English word worry comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word that means to strangle. Now imagine that. Is that not a great description of worry and anxiety to pull, in the, to pull apart, to pull in different directions, uh, to, to literally strangle? The devil wants you to worry. The devil wants you to live in anxiety. Why? It's, it's basically this. This is what's going on in the life of a child of God. Our faith is pulling this way, and our fears are pulling this way. How many know what I'm talking about? In other words, God in his word says, I got this. But in reality, we look around, and in the circumstances of this world, and the things that we face, and the problems that we have, and the devil chirping in our ear, he's saying, oh, whoa, whoa is you. Are y'all with me? So here we have this struggle. Here we're living our Christian life. We're trying to do what we know to do. And God says to have faith. And the devil is doing everything he can for you to live in fear. But does the Bible not say God does not give the spirit of fear? God does not give the spirit of fear. But of love, power, and a sound mind. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, now, so what do we do? What do we do? I don't think anybody in this building, I don't think anybody in this building could say or leave here and say, I don't never worry. I bet you don't ever lie, neither. <laughs> Say amen right there. There was a gentleman. There was a gentleman went to the doctor, and he was just struggling with word, needing nerve pills and everything else. And, and, uh, and the doctor said, son, you're going to have to get a hold of yourself and deal with this because you can't live like you're going to die. Well, he left the doctor, and, and a couple weeks later, the doctor saw him skipping down the road just happy as a lark, just happy as can be. And he, he was just curious about it. And he said, man, he come up to him and Simon said, man, I, 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 what, what in the world's changed about you? You seem happy. You seem relaxed. You seem at peace. He said, he said, well, he said, doc, I just found out. I just hired me a professional worrier. 
He said, a professional worrier? He said, yeah, man, I hired a professional worrier. He does all my worrying for me. He says, my goodness gracious, how much does that cost? He said, $50,000 a month. He said, how are you going to pay for that? He said, I don't know. I'm going to let him worry about it. <laughs> how many of y'all need a professional worrier on, on your... Are y'all with me? Listen, what do we do every day? Every day. Now think about this. Half of all the people in America's hospital beds are constant worriers. 43% of all adults suffer health effects due to worry and stress. 75% to 90% of all visits to primary care physicians are stress-related complaints or disorders. Worry has been linked to all the leading causes of death, including heart disease, cancer, lung ailments, accidents, cirrhosis, and suicide. Mental distress can even lead to death. Now add to the list the mental fatigue of nights without sleep and days without peace, and we get kind of a glimpse of the havoc that worry plays in destroying the quality and the quantity of life. It's no wonder that God says, don't worry. Don't worry. You say, preacher, how can you even be serious talking about this? How many of y'all are parents in here? Raise your hand if you are a parent. About all of us. Uh, how many of y'all are grandparents? Okay. Mm. All right. Now, how many of y'all parents just love to sit there and watch your child tore up about something? Now, how many of your parents will, will, will agree with me in, in saying this, that when you saw your child fretting over something, you did everything in your power to make sure they'd had whatever they needed or quit worrying about what they were struggling with? You took care of it. Are y'all with me? When God, when Jesus told the disciples how to pray, they said, teach us to pray. He said, I want you to pray in this manner. Our, our Father. You know what I think sometimes? I think in life we forget that we have a heavenly Father. And if he is a father, then we're the child. And he doesn't want us to worry. He tells us not to worry. He tells us over and over again in his word that he's got this. He's got this. So what do we do? What do we do to combat this? What do we do to combat a natural? I mean, it's just natural. We do it naturally. It, it, we don't have to try to worry. Have you ever noticed that? You don't have to try. It comes natural. What doesn't come natural is to trust. And that's what we got to work on. Now, as we go through the notes, here's what I want you to write down. Matter of fact, I forgot to do this. Does everybody got, uh, where's Brother Buchanan and, and, and anybody else? Uh, Brother Mark back there, is there somebody back there can help pass these out? Brother, Brother uh, Allen's back there. If you need a lesson, raise your hand. Raise your hand. I want, you, I want to make sure you get this. Raise your hand all over the building if you need one way up here on the front. All right? And over here, raise your hand. Raise your hand. I want to make sure you get one uh, and, and, and write these things down. Write these things down. It's really important. Right here. All right? Right here. Okay. All right. Now let's look at our notes. Look at number one. Write this down. Let's look at the first thing that we see in verse number uh, 19 through 24. I want you to consider what do we do? What do, and the word consider means to think about. Here's what I want you to think about every day. Every day. I want you to consider your focus. Write that word down. Roman numeral one. I want you to consider your focus. In other words, what you're looking toward, what you're focusing on. What, 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 you're, what is getting your attention? How many of y'all remember the story of Peter in the boat and stepping out on the water? Isn't that a cool story? I mean, Jesus is walking on the water. Peter and the disciples are in the boat. And Peter says, can I come out there to you? Can I come out there to you? His focus is on Jesus. His focus is completely on Jesus. I mean, he's walking on water. This, this has got to be a sight to see. Now, Jesus says, come on out. He steps out in faith. And he's walking on the water while his focus is on. But then what happens? Everybody knows the story. Everybody knows the story. The storm rages, the wave comes, and he takes his focus, his eyes, or his, come on, everybody say it, his off of, and then onto the wave. And as soon as he took his focus off of Jesus, he began to what? He began to sink. He began to sink. So this is what I want to talk about. Where is your focus? Where is your focus? And, and write this down. A, what is the direction of your focus? Is it horizontal 
or is it vertical? Is your focus in life horizontal or is it vertical? In other words, look what he says. Verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now he says this, verse 24, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, mammon is riches, wealth, that type of thing, and more, not necessarily, it's not saying that you can't serve God and be rich at the same time. That's not what he's saying. It means where is your focus? You cannot serve in other words, your whole focus cannot be on making money and your love and your, your lust for money is in charge and running your life and ruling your life. Either God is going to rule your life or your desire for money is going to rule your life. He is basically saying, where is your focus? Where is your focus? I'll tell you this, when our focus is horizontal, we're going to worry all the time. You know why? Because when you look horizontal, there is nothing guaranteed horizontally you can have a million dollars in the bank today and be broke tomorrow you can have retirement you can have all of these things the economy can crash and leave you with nothing there is nothing guaranteed horizontal there is nothing that you can depend on horizontal and if you look horizontally all you see is bad stuff all you see is what's happening in iraq What's happening in Syria? What's happening in Russia? What's happening in Korea now? What's happening in the White House? Are y'all with me? Where's your focus? Is your focus on him? Is your focus on things of God? Look what it says in Colossians chapter number 3. Look at your notes there. It says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, in other words, if you're saved, if you're born again, Seek those things which are above. In other words, focus your attention in life on the things of God. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Read verse 2 with me. Read verse 2 with me. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. In other words, I think one major problem that we have at Temple Baptist Church and churches all around America is we do not think eternally. Our whole focus, our whole attention is always on what's happening here and now, not what's happening there. Now watch, look what it says, 2 Corinthians 4.18. 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says, uh, while we look not on the things which are, that's horizontal, but at the things which are not seen, that's vertical. For the things which are seen, horizontal, are Temporal, temporary. I just got a brand new car, preacher. Guess what? In two years. Guess what? The moment you drove it off the lot, it's not worth what you paid for it. Wow. What we can see is temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. What does that mean? If we live our life with our focus on God and the things of God. Now, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean, I know some of you are thinking this, well, does that mean everybody's got to stop doing what they're doing and be a preacher? Or a missionary? No. Because then there would be nobody to send the missionary. If everybody was a preacher, there'd never be nobody listening. Do you realize that you can glorify God in what you do? We need, we need Christian doctors. We need Christian lawyers. Say amen. amen. We need Christian politicians. We need Christian pediatricians. We need Christian painters. We need Christian mechanics. We need Christian builders. Listen, our job, everyone in this room, our job is to glorify God. Now, what, how we do that is different with everybody. Does that, make, does that make sense? So the point is this. If our focus is on pleasing him, 
it's going to take worry out the equation. Because we know if we're doing his will, he's going to take care of us. Where's your focus? Is your focus, now this is going to get a little personal right here. This is going to get a little personal because we all struggle with this, even I, even I. Listen, we all struggle with this. Are we, are we kind of selfish in our focus? Are we kind of selfish in our focus? In other words, what I want, what I desire, what, I, what, what pleases me, what, 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 what. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? I think when we start focusing on ourselves is when we start to worry. Where's your focus? God says, focus on me. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your focus on the things above. Now, now, don't get me wrong. You can't be so heavenly minded you're no earthly good. Say amen. But we can focus on him. Every day of our life when we wake up, God, what do you want me to do today? God, what, what, is, what is your desire for me today? What is your will for me today? What would you have me do today? And if you keep your focus on him, I promise you, you're going to have peace in your heart. Now, our focus. He says, don't focus on the temporal things. Don't focus horizontally. Focus vertically. Focus on the eternal things, all right? Now, the direction of our focus. Then B, the determination of our focus. What determines, what determines the direction of our focus? It's who we're serving. Look what he says. He says in verse number 24, no man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. You're either serving him or you're serving you. You're either serving him or you're serving you. And you can't do both. You can't do both. What determines the direction is determined by who your boss is. Who are you surrendered to? Who are you following? Whose will, whose desire, whose commands are you following on a daily basis? Where's your focus? All right, number two. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Our focus has to be on him. Every day. Now, remember, this is maintenance. This is just daily stuff. When we get up in the morning, we need to focus on him. When we get up in the morning, we need to pray to him. When we get up in the morning, we need to seek his face. We need to seek him. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Now, the second thing Jesus says, not only consider your focus, consider the direction of your affection, the direction of your attention, what's getting the most of your time, consider our focus. Then number two, consider our father. The second thing Jesus says that you need to be thinking about when it comes to worrying and that type of thing, he said, check out your heavenly father. Check out your heavenly father. Consider him for a little bit. Think about him. Look what he says. In verse number, verse number 26, behold means to look at. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Are ye not much better than they? Look in verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, and they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, watch here, here's your father. If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Two things right here to consider about God, the Father. I want you to consider his past activity. I want you to consider his past activity. Look what he's done in the past. Look how he's supplied in the past. Look how he's met needs in the past. Look how he has come through right on time in the past. When you're sitting in your present trouble, when you're sitting in your present difficulty, when you're sitting in your present valley of despair, you need to think about every other time that the Father came through right on time. Look at the birds of the fields. Look how he feeds them. Look at the lilies of the field. Look how he takes care of them. And you are much better than they. You're created in his own very image. He gave you the breath of life and you became a living soul. Look what he's already done. Somebody say amen. He has taken this place from the building down there to the building you're sitting in today. From a small crowd to a large crowd, look what he's done already. Why would he take you this far to drop you off now? Why would he bring you out of Egypt and deliver you with a strong hand and a mighty hand to let you starve to death in the wilderness? Oh, no, look what he's already done. Say amen. 
Look at his past activity. Look around. Look around. Look at his glory. Look at his power. When you start worrying, think about what he's already done. Say amen. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 37, 25. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen, or yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Are y'all with me? There may be times it's, 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 it's got to bologna and cheese. Which as far as I'm concerned, I like that. Amen. You may not be driving a Cadillac, but you didn't walk here. Somebody might have had, but I don't, I doubt it. Hello? I can look around the room, including myself. We ain't missed many meals. Y'all with me? I could use to miss some. Amen. I was looking out the window. There's a barrel with a fire in it. Y'all don't know how close y'all got to being abandoned tonight. Y'all know I like fire. I saw, I looked out the window, and there's a barrel with a fire, and there's a tent out there. And I thought, what in the world? And then it dawned on me, Brother Travis is, is speaking down there about the homeless. Everybody in this room slept in the house last night. Hello? When we get to poor mouth and remember, you didn't walk here, you didn't sleep in the street, and you got food in your stomach. All God's people say it. Matthew 10, Matthew 10, 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Watch this. I love this. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. In other words, you are so important to God that he knows every single hair on your head. He's, he's counted them. <laughs> Verse 31. Verse 31. Fear ye not, therefore, read it with me, ye are more value than many sparrows. Wow. Consider your father. Consider his past activity. Then write this down. Consider his present awareness. This is going to help you. This is going to help you. What are you reading? Verse 8. Look what it says. When it comes to praying and bringing your needs and petitions to God, look what it says. Verse 8. Matthew 6, verse 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your, your father knoweth, say that word, your father knoweth. knoweth what things ye have need of even before ye ask him. Preacher, you, 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 you don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, but I know someone who does. You don't know my need. Yeah, but I know someone who does. He knows. He knows about the bill. He knows about the doctor's appointment. He knows about the difficulty ahead. He knows about the storm that you're fixing to face. He knows about the tragedy that's already taken place. He knows. He knows. And more importantly, he cares. Now, sometimes in the storm, because of our fear and because of our lack of faith, y'all with me? I can prove it. Sometimes because of our fear and our lack of faith, it sometimes seems like God doesn't care. That was the very words that was used by the disciples in the storm when Jesus was asleep. They woke him up and said, Carest thou not? Don't you care? Don't you care that I'm hurting? Don't you care that I'm afraid? Don't you care that we're fixing to die? Not only does... He know he does care. How do you know he cares? Because not one bird can fall out of a tree without God knowing it. And God says, you're, 
a whole lot more important than that bird in that tree. And all God's people say it. When we're worrying every day, we need to focus. We need to focus on eternal things. We need to think vertically and not horizontally. We need to have our, our attention and our affection on, on, on spiritual things and, 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 and obedience to God and, and accomplishing His will for our life. We need to consider our focus, but then we need to consider our Father. And just think about Him. Think about His power. Think about His provision. Think about His protection. Think about how many times He's come through right on time. But then number three, number three, consider our focus, consider our Father. But then I want you to consider your future. I want you to consider your future. Look in verse number 33. In other words, what do we do? If we're not supposed to worry about the stuff, if we're not supposed to worry about daily needs and issues there, this is what he says to do. Okay, what's, how many of y'all know that, that we as human beings, if we're told not to do something, we need to do something? You know what I'm talking about? In other words, it's like, it's like, it's like uh, kids. It's like teenagers. If you tell a teenager not to do something, not to do something bad, you better give them something good. Y'all with me? If you're going to tell them don't do this, you got to tell them do this. You need something to occupy your time. You need something to occupy your attention. If, if, we're going to, if we're going to be successful not doing something, we need to be active doing something. So God says this, don't worry, don't be afraid, don't fear, don't, don't take any thought, don't be anxious about your daily needs. He says, but do this, but do this. Look what it says, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all these things, what things? Everything you're worried about. Everything you're worried about shall be added unto you. Look here, three things, three things. I want you to see the priority in our future. The priority in our future. Seek ye, what's that word? Seek ye first. The first thing you need to do in the morning, good morning, Lord. What do you want me to do today? You remember, the, you remember the prayer that God, the pattern of prayer that God gave us? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's, hey, that goes along with the outline. Focus on him. Hallowed be thy name. You know what that means? Praise him. Praise him. Start your prayer out with praise and adoration and honor. Hallowed be thy name. Then the second thing he says, thy, thy kingdom come Thy will be done. Now watch. On earth as it, as it is in heaven. In other words, we're to wake up in the morning and say, God, let me accomplish today here on earth what you've already got written down in heaven. Let me do your will. What is your will for me today? I, I, I've told you this story a, a hundred times, but it goes too well with here not to say it again. I, I told you the story about the missionary to Tibet, Brother Sellers, who he was an older missionary. He was an older missionary who, who his daughter and, and son-in-law started an orphanage in Tibet and, and, and was killed in a plane crash, and, and they went over and took, it, took over the ministry, and they were back trying to get support and all. And he was here. We was out in the parking lot right, out, right outside. And I said, I said, Mr. Sellers, I said, what's your goals? And this is what he said. This blew me away, shocked me. He's, I said, what's your goals? Trying to be spiritual. You know, I'm, he's such a seasoned man of God, and I'm trying to sound like I know something. I said, what's your goals? And he said this, I don't have any. I said, what? He said, every day, I say, God, what do you want me to do today? And, I, and I'm obedient to that. And then tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And then I'm going, I'm going to be obedient to that. And then the next day, I'm, and he said, now don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't plan. He says, but I've learned through all these years of ministry to take one day at a time. And so every day, that, do, you, do you ever wonder why God said, give us what day? 
Did you, did you notice he didn't say, give us this week? Or give us this month our, our provision? He said, give us this. In other words, if you have food for today, if you have shelter for today, if you have what you need for today, God says, be happy. God gives us daily mercy. His, his mercy is new every morning. Daily. He wants us to think daily. Watch. Watch this. We are to seek Him first. Not our future. Not finances. Not material wealth. Not the things of this world. But seek Him first. Did you notice I'm not saying don't seek stuff? This is not saying we should crawl up in a hole somewhere and, and not go to work. Because that's, that's anti-Bible. It says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. You know why I said that? Because there's no motivation like hunger. You get hungry enough, you'll do anything. Well, I just don't think that job's for me. Don't eat. Don't feed him. Don't feed him because when you feed him, he won't think that job's for him. But if you don't feed him, sooner or later, he'll say, that job's for me. You give me a cheeseburger and I'll shuffle manure out of a cow stall. Say amen. Y'all with me? I'm not saying don't go to work and don't be financially uh, sound and don't plan and don't save. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this. Don't do that first. Seek Him first. Seek His will first. Seek His purpose first. Seek His direction first. Put Him first in everything. All right? The priority in our future. Then B, the promise in our future. If we will seek him first, God has promised us something. He says this, and all these things. What things? What things? Watch this, guys. All them things we're worrying about. Now think about this. Everybody came in this building tonight with something on their mind. With some issue. Some problem. Some situation. And you know what God says? Just put me first. And I'll take care of that stuff. Seek me. If you'll seek me. If you'll seek me. Not the answer to your problem. Boy, that's good. How many of us are killing ourselves trying to find the answer to our problem when God's saying, hey... He says, seek me. And what? And, and, come on, y'all, get with me. And all these things. What things? Those things you're taking thought over. Those things you're anxious about. He said, seek me. And all these things. That's the promise. But then here's a precaution. Kind of got ahead of myself. Here's a precaution in our future. He gives a warning. He gives a warning, verse number 34. Take therefore no thought for the... Take therefore no thought for the... The morrow. Why? The morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know what I learned from Brother Sellers in, 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 in saying, hey, just, just deal with today. Just tackle today. This is what I learned. Look in your notes. We hear so much about our world's ecology and the need for balance. Well, God has a perfect ecology for your life too. He has a certain number of problems assigned to your life for each day. But you go adding days together. How many of y'all have been guilty of adding days together? We, we are guilty of adding days together and it will mount up on you. You say, I thought God loves me. Yes. That's why he sends just the right amount of problems. We don't like storms. Now watch this. So why don't God just don't send any problems? Well, we don't like storms and rain, but what do you call a place that has no rain and all sunshine? What? A desert. Storms are good. Rain is beneficial. Are y'all with me? But what happens is, is we're worrying about next month's problems today. When God says, 
Why would he do that? Obviously, he doesn't want us worrying. But I think this too. He wants us to live every single day of our life in anticipation of his return. Listen, we're worried about next month's mortgage, and he could come tonight. Hello? Don't worry about tomorrow. Just deal with today. If your needs are met today, amen. You say, how can I do that? By knowing he's already in your tomorrow. Say, what do you mean? He is alpha and the beginning and the... Do you know he's been already to the end of your life? He was there at the beginning. He's already been to the end. And he said, don't worry about it. I got this. He's scouting the trail. How many of y'all like westerns? The rest of y'all need to hit this altar as soon as we're done. You don't like John Wayne, you got a serious problem. Say amen. Boy, in the westerns, those wagon trains, they would go out through the wilderness and they'd go out through the desert and there was always somebody out there scouting the trail. Always ahead of them to know where to go and where not to go, where the safe place was, where the best place to travel. Do you realize you have somebody scouting the trail for you? Say amen. Don't worry about tomorrow. The scout's already out there. So when am I going to get information about tomorrow when the sun comes up? Amen? Every day, every day, we focus. Every day we think about our Father and how good He is and how powerful He is and how mighty He is and how much He loves us. Every day we seek Him. We seek Him. If every day, this is maintenance, y'all. If every day we read our Bible and learn about Him, if every day we pray and seek His face before we start the day, God's going to give us peace. And God is going to make sure and provide all these things we've been worrying about. This is daily maintenance. Are you all with me? Say amen. All right, part two. Part two. Okay, preacher, we're going through the day. We're going through the week. Our life is rolling right along. We're seeking the will of God. We're praying. We're going to church. Uh, we've even found out our spiritual gift. We're involved in ministry. We're doing everything we can to seek God's face. Is everything going to go great now? No. Mm-mm. Do you realize the disciples left everything to follow Jesus and everything was going great? Everything was going rosy and, and, and God sent him in a ship. He went up to the mountain to pray, sent him out in the ocean, and guess what? A storm come up. Were they in the will of God? Come on, y'all. Were they in the will of God? Were they being obedient? Were they right where Jesus told them to go? Yes. But a storm come up. So what we're going to talk about now, and I only got 16 minutes to do this, so listen fast. What we just talked about is what we do on a daily basis. But what do you do when you get that phone call? What do you do when that tragedy takes place? What do you do when you're in the perfect will of God, doing what you're supposed to do, doing what you know to do, and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose in your life? What do we do when the the crisis takes place? This is what the Bible says in Philippians chapter number 4. Turn with me quickly to Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number 4, quickly, quickly. The Bible says, in verse number 6, Philippians 4, 6. Brother Jeff, come on up here and grab one of them mics so they can have that ready. Tell Which one ever he needs, you tell him. White, white. All right, everybody read it with me. Philippians chapter number 4, verse 6. Y'all ready? Be careful. That word careful is the same exact word, same exact Greek word that you found in Matthew chapter number 6. Both of them mean don't worry. Don't be anxious. Be, watch this. Be careful for not even the thing that just knocked the breath out of you. Not the telephone call from the doctor. Not the issue at hand. Not the tragedy. Not the crisis. Not the storm. Nothing. Be careful. Don't worry about anything. Be careful for nothing. Now, How many of y'all are like me and you're really looking for that switch? Let me me explain it this way because y'all don't get what I'm saying. How many of y'all are just 
something's happened, and you're just, and everybody said, don't worry about it. And you're like, really? Show me where that button is, because I will push it. All right? I'm not, I'm not. Hello, am I getting anywhere? Don't you just love when they say that? Oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's because you're not going through it. But see, God gave us instructions. He didn't just say, don't worry about it. You remember? You remember? If you're going to say, don't, then you got to have a, watch what he says. It's right here. When that crisis comes, when that issue comes, be careful for nothing but in. Now, right there, I want you to put what's bothering you tonight. Whatever it is you came in worried about, whatever it is you came in thinking about, put it right there. Just, just circle it, put it, just write it out. Don't say it out loud. Just, just in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the, and the, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. In other words, you can't even explain it. Everybody in the world thinks you ought to be flipping out and losing your mind and taking value. And they're saying, how can you be good? How can you be so calm? I, I don't know. It's peace that passes all understanding. Watch what it says. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now the word keep there means to garrison or to stand guard. Now, here's, there's three things we have to do. We're going to talk about them quickly. Number one, in the crisis, in the tragedy, in the thing that's just, just ripping us apart, that's just, what are we going to do? What are we going to first, first? There has to be correct praying. There has to be correct praying. There's two things he says when he says to pray. There's two things in this prayer that he says. First, there's got to be thanksgiving. There's got to be thanksgiving. Why is that important? Why is that important? Because before you ask for anything, you need to thank God for what he's already done. Now, is that just so he can feel good about it? No, it's not about him. It's about you. Now, why, why does thanksgiving, why does thanksgiving boost our prayer? Because it gives us confidence. Because everything we thank God for. Why do you think we start, why do you think we start our small groups with praise? I want to thank God that he, I want to thank God that he showed up right on time too. I want to thank God that he provided for. I want to thank God that he kept us safe in. I want to thank, why? Because in just a little bit, we're going to ask for needs. And before we ask for anything, we're going to thank God for what he's already done because when we rehearse the things he's already done, he gives us confidence. If he can do it yesterday, bless God, he can do it today and he can do it tomorrow. Somebody say amen. There's got to be correct praying. Come to God and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Even when you're broken, even when tears are dripping off your face, you need to be able to say, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you, Lord, for what you did for me yesterday. Are y'all with me? Now, Lord, thank you for yesterday. But I need you today. Now, watch. Here's Here's what's most important about this. Let your, what's that word? Say it with me. Look in your Bible, Philippians chapter 4. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your your requests. Now, what am I I reading into that? Be specific. If you need $150, say, I need $150. In other words, don't say, God, help. Be specific. Be specific. What what does being specific really show? Faith. God, I need you to... That's That's why in our life groups, I don't want you to be generic in your prayer requests. God, save the world. No. No. It needs to be God, save Uncle Junior. There's a difference when you pray specifically. There's a difference in your intensity. There's a difference in your passion. Be specific. 
Whatever it is that's bothering you, be specific. What do you need God to do for you? Well, I don't think I deserve it. Well, get over that because none of us deserve it. You will never deserve it. He didn't say ask if you deserve it. He didn't say let your request be made known as long as you've been good enough. He just said come to me. Make your request. Be specific. Be specific. I don't, did you put those A and B up there? Or I, I don't know if I even said it. Uh, there needs to be a, a thanksgiving for past blessings and a request for present burdens. A request. That, put that in your notes. Request for present burdens. In other words, when we come to God, first we thank him, and then we are specific in our prayers. It says, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. And I'm going to say something about that in just a second. Let's, let's quickly, quickly. There's got to be correct praying. Then number two, there's got to be controlled thinking. There's got to be controlled thinking. So how can we control our thoughts? By what you're inputting in your computer. You control your thinking two ways. I want you to see the involvement of controlled thinking. How, 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 how do we do that? We control our thinking by the music we play and the material we preview. In other words, social media, Facebook, news, magazines. If you're constantly reading, reading negative stuff and seeing negative stuff, guess what you're going to be? Now, I know you're thinking I'm being old-fashioned old and all that about this music stuff. But music affects you. If you're down and depressed all the time, be careful what you listen to. Let me prove it. Let me prove it. Let me prove it. The music will affect you. It affects how you feel. All right? In the negative side, watch this right here. Tell me how you feel about this. He said, I'll love you till I die. She told him you'll forget in time. As the years went slowly by She still prayed upon his mind Alright, alright He kept her all right, all right, all right. on his wall Yeah, y'all, y'all are enjoying that way too much <laughs> Imagine a steady diet of that Hoping she That's our spiritual worship pastor back there. You know what I'm saying? Now, what if you got up in the morning and cut this on? in the field now it's humorous and we're laughing but I'm telling you if you listen to dreary stuff all the time let me say ungodly stuff it's going to pull you down be positive put positive things if you input positive that's what you're going to feel and all God's people say it alright the music we play now also B the input of controlled thinking, not just the involvement of controlled thinking, but the input. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. And everybody says this, when you worry, just pray. Just pray. That's all you got to do is pray. That's not what he says. This is what he says. Look at the next part. Finally, brethren, verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are, help me, whatsoever things are, and whatsoever things are, whatsoever things are, whatsoever things are, whatsoever things are, Whatsoever things are of, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Or focus on this. Watch this. Three things. Write this down quickly, quickly, quickly. Three things. Realistic thoughts. Don't live in the what ifs. Don't live in the what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this? That's not realistic. That's not even. God says to focus on what's true. 
In other words, don't, don't spend your time on what could happen. Spend your time on focusing on what you know to be fact. My, 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 my sister, my sister she, she called me one day in a frantic. I'm talking about a frantic panic. I mean, it was just weeping, wailing, gnashing. Oh, oh they're going to they're gonna arrest Shelby. Shelby's her daughter. Oh, Shelby, supposedly, somebody told her that Shelby uh, poisoned her daddy's girlfriend because she didn't like her and she was going to prison. I mean, I couldn't even understand what she was saying. I said, hold it, stop. Just stop. I don't even understand. Stop. What, what in the world? I said, what do you know to be a fact? I said, listen, is there anybody you can call that you have confidence in that can tell you straight up what's going on? I said, call him, and then call me back. 30 minutes later, she calls me and talks just like this. I said, what's going on? Oh, it was nothing. They didn't know what they And then she explained the whole story. Guess what? The devil had planted something in her mind, and she lost it. Because she was focused on something that wasn't even true. Does this make sense? What sort of things are true? Focus on these. Realistic thoughts. Righteous thoughts. He says, what sort of things are pure? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? Renewed thoughts. Dr. Walter Cavert reported a survey on worry that indicated, now watch this, this is unbelievable, a survey on worry that indicated that only 8% of the things people worried about were legitimate matters of concern. The other 92% were either imaginary, never happened, or involved matters which the people had no control over anyway. Satan is a liar. Preacher, what are you saying? The things you focus on will determine if you have peace in your heart. Right. Brother Jeff, share, share with me what you, what you told me earlier. In I uh, reported to Talladega Federal Prison to do an 84-month sentence. Most of those days run together. You do the same thing every day. But there's a particular day that stands out. I woke up one morning and swung my feet around to put them in the, my slides that were always stayed beside my bed because you never put your feet on the floor. It's kind of a hygiene thing. And I remember thinking to myself, man, it's been two years since I've put my feet on carpet. It's been two years since I've sat in a recliner or on a couch. Or at this particular time, because of circumstances, it had been two years since I'd heard my wife's voice or even laid eyes on her. And the depressing thing about this situation was, and what really got to me, was I wasn't even halfway done. And I, and I got in a really de- deep state of depression for, for a pretty extended period of time. And at this point in my life, I'd already got my life right with the Lord. I, I'm studying my Bible. I'm teaching a Bible study uh, where I'm at. And, and, and my relationship with God was good. But, man, my circumstances didn't change. I was still incarcerated and faced those things every day. And this particular thing really got me down. And I reviewed back some of the things that I've been reading in Psalms. And Psalm 48 talks about great, uh, um, how great God is. Psalm 48 verse 1. And uh, Psalm 27 talks about how good God is. I've fainted unless I uh, believe to see the goodness of the Lord. And in my mind, I related that greatness to things that affected mankind. And I related that goodness to things that affected me and as an individual. And I sat down one night really late in my cell and uh, had a little desk there, and I turned on the light, I took a legal pad, and I drew a line down the center of the pad, and I put God is great on one side and God is good on the other. I began to list things that, that were great. Creation, uh, God sending his son to die for mankind, salvation, the word of God. These are things that affected mankind as a whole. On the other side of the page, I began to write down things that were good, that affected me. A great family, a great mom and dad, a wife that loved me. The mercy of God that he had showed me, even in the situation that I was in. And what happened to me that day was that my depression began to dissipate because I took my focus off of the things and the circumstances and how bad things were. And I began to focus on how great God was and how good that he had been to me. And that changed my life. 
And that changed everything. About matter of fact, if the authorities had have known, they'd have probably given me an escape charge that day because I might have still been there, but I was free that day from that terrible depression that I felt because of my circumstances. And it wasn't anything miraculous other than changing my focus from circumstances to what the great things and the good things that God had done in my life. Yes. Yes. And all God's people say it. Did you notice something? He was still there. He was still in the place that caused his depression, but God lifted it when his focus turned from his circumstances to his great Savior. And all God's people say it. All right, three things. Remember? Remember? What was the first thing? Correct. Pray. Number two, controlled thinking. Controlled thinking. Lastly, clean living. Clean living. Look what it says. Look what it says. It says, uh, those things, verse 9, verse 9, i got to hurry. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. What's that next word? Do. Do. And the God of peace will be with you. What's he saying? Do right. Why? Look what it says, Proverbs 28.1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. In other words, when you're doing wrong, you're always looking over your shoulder. When you're not living the godly life, when you're not living the life you know you're supposed to be living, you're in constant fear. You're in constant anxiety. I'm fixing to get caught. Are y'all with me? The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Isaiah 32, 17, and the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Somebody say amen. amen. Two things, quickly, two things. Think about this. There's two promises in this chapter, in chapter number four. He says if we will pray, we will seek his face, bring our request to him. He said that the peace of God, say that with me, the the peace of God will stand guard over your mind. Will garrison will stand guard over your mind. But then there's another promise. He said, if you do these things, if you think on right things, righteous things, uh, uh, true things, if you focus your attention on what you know to be true, the truth of God, he said, and do right. If you do right, then the God of peace will be with you. You see, there's two things. There's two, there's two promises. The peace of God, say it with me, the and the God of peace. Now, what's the difference? The peace of God is his promise. The God of peace is his presence. Say that with me. The peace of God is his. The God of peace is his. Let me illustrate it, and we'll pray quickly. When I was a kid, when I was a little kid, we had hogs. We had hogs, and the hog pen was like 200 yards behind the house. And and Dad never asked us to feed them or slop them until it was midnight. And I don't know about y'all when you was a little kid. And I wasn't afraid of the dark. I was afraid of the boogers in the dark. And you could go, and the going trip wasn't bad. It was at return. When the darkness was at your back. Are y'all with me? And, man, I'd be afraid. And my dad, he'd say this. He'd stand at the door and say, go ahead, boy. I'll watch you from here. I'll make sure everything's going to be all right. Now, that was an assurance. That was a promise. That was the peace of God. He's going to make sure everything's all right. But then sometimes he would say, you want me to go with you? Yeah. (laughs) It's one thing for him to say, I got my eye on you. Everything's going to be all right. It's another thing for him to walk with you. Now listen, in your trial, in your crisis, you don't just need the peace of God. You need the, whoo, say amen. They're going to fire me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, peace be to all of y'all. Go home. Amen. Your kids, quickly, go get your kids. No, don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. Wake up and smile, because it's been a while. It's been like a whole day since I stopped, so you could hold me. This child away. Strong in the faith Lord, you are the refuge But I can't wait to get to Cause I can't let a day go Can't let a day go by Without thanking you For the joy that you bring to my life And ooh
to rain all my dreams. It's not a big, not a big deal. Let it wash all the bugs off my windshield. Cause you're showing me Drop time.